right. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Mediocre Dads. I'm your host, Juan Wilcox. Uh, and on this episode, as you can tell from the thumbnail, uh, I brought in my buddy, Josh. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, military dads. And um, But before we get into it, obviously, let me introduce you to Josh. I know you can see him, but uh, me and Josh had the pleasure of serving with each other at, at Fort Bragg for a few years before he made his departure out of the army. Uh, and I stayed in life choices. Uh, I'll let you be the ones to decide whether or not he made the better choice or I made the better choice. Um, but that being said, he has his reasons and I respect those reasons. Um, but anyway, that being said, uh, let me introduce you, Josh, go ahead. Hey, Quan. first of all, thanks for having me here. This is a great opportunity. I love the platform that you've got here and thank you for, uh, inviting me, uh, to have the opportunity to be able to express the, you know, the pitfalls, um, the absolute, um, luxuries, uh, the amazing time and people, um, and it, it, what boils down to being a dad in the military? What, what is it? Um, because it's completely different. Um, yep. I, yep. I, I can't at any point in time say that, um, I've not been a dad while I've been in the military, so I can't speak on, on, you know, being out there and on your own and not having you yeah. know that responsibility at home however i've learned some things and i learned some things about myself i learned some things about my my children and learned some things about the military along the way and hopefully um, parts of my story can resonate with some others and they can take something from it awesome we're and we're definitely going to get into all of that so don't worry don't even worry about it. we're going to get more uh deep dive into all of that um so first what i want to hit um, with talking to you is uh, we want to know more about you. So I'm going to start with, you know, the simple question. Where are you from? Yeah. Um, so I grew up in eastern Kentucky. I was born in, in Florida. Uh, grew up in eastern Kentucky in okay. one of those towns that has a stop sign and that's it. Population of like 600. And um, I grew up like all the other kids did in that area. For the most part, there was, you know, some tragic events that took place along the way. Mm -hmm. Um, but it, it, it makes me who I am today. I am, I am who I am because of the things that have happened to me. And, um, I have the ability to be a sounding board for people who have experienced the things that I have, which is great. Uh, but growing up in Eastern Kentucky was, uh, was an animal within itself. Nobody had much. And, uh, it was mostly a barter system for the most part. Um, having the ability to be able to do things and do things with people always paid back dividends um it was it was a great thing to be able to experience that in my life and be able to understand that it's not necessarily the clothes on your back it's not necessarily the money in your pocket but it's you know what what do you possess as far as skills that can you know be traded and be used uh to to better the community uh for lack of a better term uh, but that's where I grew up. I grew up in eastern Kentucky in a town called Tomahawk. Um, Tomahawk. Ooh. Yeah, well, like I said, you know, it, it was a population of like 600 people. I, did, I don't know what the population is now. I'm sure it's, <laughs> you know, somewhat similar, maybe yeah. a little bit different. Um, I still have family there. My dad still lives nice. in a childhood home. Um, and we still have, you know, a lot of property in the area. And uh, I don't really go, go back very often. Um, mm -hmm. But... Uh, it's still home. The people yep, there are, are, are still family. And, 
yeah, it's uh it's it's a great experience, you know, being able to to bring that diversity into the world because a lot of people from there they don't leave. Yeah. Yeah. So, um I don't I personally have never been to Kentucky. Um I've heard um different things about Kentucky from different people, you know. Depends who you talk to and where they're from, but I've heard different things from people from Kentucky. Um so I wanted to ask you a question. Uh, in particular, what is the best thing, in your personal opinion, what do you think the best thing to come out of Kentucky is? Uh, country music, without a country doubt. Country music, okay. I, I, you know what? I can get down with without that. Without a doubt. I can yeah. for sure get down with that because I love country music, 100%. Oh, yeah. That's all I listen to. Yeah, I mean, we go way back in time. You got Bill Monroe. Uh, mm-hmm. invented an entire genre of music. Uh, he's from Kentucky. And then, you know, up until most recent, we've got um, these, you know, individuals coming out of the woodworks, you know, literally speaking, um, with y- y- platforms like American Idol and um, oh yeah, America's Got Talent and The Voice, things a lot of that of nature, now. and you know, these people are getting getting those voices, and you know, the the Appalachian uh, heritage is actually being seen. You've got artists like Chris Stapleton that are basically. You know, taking oh, over he's the from world. Kentucky. Yeah, he's uh, he's from my hometown, actually. Um, Tomahawk, quite Kentucky? a bit old. Well, no, he it was <laughs> not. It was down the street, but <laughs> with a with a population, you know, so small, we 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 use the the area to say hometown. Got, oh, okay. But it's it's yeah. There's no he exact to, lines. Got you. Yeah, he he went to high school across the street from from where I went, and oh, uh, nice. Yeah, I, but. It's it's amazing thing, man. You know, to see all these people. You know, Tyler Childers. We went to the same high school. He was like three years younger than me. Really? Um, yeah. And Dude, that guy's amazing. Um, yeah. No to the yeah. Grindstone is my favorite song by him. Hey, White House Road. That's a true story. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I, I've sp- spent a day or two on White House Road. Man, okay, okay. See, yeah, See? Yeah. I knew interesting things came out of interesting things came out of Kentucky. Yeah, we're, just, we're not about mind. chicken. I just didn't know what they were. It ain't chicken. So. Nobody cares. How many kids do you have? Oh man, so I have the greatest children on earth. Um, I've got. I didn't uh, ask about the character. I just how many. I want to know how many kids oh, you have. Okay. <laughs> we're, yeah. We're, 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 look, I want you. You know, I want you speaking ill on your children now. No, no, speak ill no. on your children. I'm not you saying know, you would. Time to time, there may be there may be <laughs> moments throughout the day where I would, but you know, not not every day. Uh, right. So I've I've got I've got three girls and I've got two boys. Three uh, girls? Oh my gosh! God two of your soul. <laughs> two of which are 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 mine, and then we've blended a family, so now we've got five. That's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. Five kids. Okay, I'm gonna get to the five kids later on. Mm-hmm. Because I have several questions because um, my wife doesn't know this, but I'm considering five kids. I'm considering it. Um, we only have two. Yeah. I know we're four is in the back of our mind right now, but five, I don't know, maybe. But don't tell her I told you that because uh, she doesn't know I, I'm, I'm thinking about five kids because she obviously yeah, has okay. to push out the, the, the three kids. Oh, yeah. I just have to be she- a part of it. Yeah, she gets 90% of the vote, you get 10. Look, I got my five seconds of fame, and then that's it. That's hey, it. Hey, 
I'm not going <laughs> to stay in your bedroom. You stay out of mine, all right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, so you mentioned uh, when you're growing up in Ta- uh, Kentucky. I was going to say Texas. I love Texas, nope. you know. But anyway, growing up in Kentucky, uh, that your dad, but your dad still lives in your guys' your childhood home. Yeah. So what was your dad like growing up? He's like, I mean, I, is he was he an awesome dad? Was he a terrible dad? No. So, you know, it took me a long time to realize that parents are human beings. Mm-hmm. Um, it took me being a parent to understand that. Uh, oh yes, parents aren't aren't superheroes and have all the answers. And you know, looking back in mm-hmm. time, yeah, my parents did the best they could with what they had, where they was, with the information that was given. Um, that you can't you can't blame anyone. I I think that I had incredible parents that showed me some amazing things. Um, yeah, my mom had her skill set. My dad had his skill set. Um, sometimes they clashed. Sometimes they went together like a perfect team. Um, and you know, I, looking back on it, it doesn't matter if they were good or bad. It, it, it yeah. doesn't. And yeah. you know, there, there's definitely times that, you know, m- me and dad, uh, we, we butted heads just, I mm. mean, it's the nature yeah. of the beast. I wanted, I wanted independence. I wanted, um, the ability to go and fail on my own. I wanted the ability to, you know, overcome adversity without mm-hmm. the help of anyone else and, you know, with that came some growing pains and it, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. And yeah. Yeah, I, I think the world of my dad, um, he, he's my stepdad and, uh, oh, okay. I have known him as my dad for almost my entire life. And, uh, he taught me how to hunt he taught me how to fish. He taught me how to, uh, hang sheet rock he he taught me how to do plumbing he i I mean taught me how to weld he taught me how to do all kinds of carpentry work there's not a lot that i that i can't do a little bit of yeah and it's because i was holding a flashlight you know yeah (laughs) dad gets home from work and it's like you know you're holding a flashlight it's like Mm -hmm. eventually not right off the bat but eventually you start paying attention to what you're holding the light to yep Oh yeah, and um, that that was a big turning point for for both of us when I was able to contribute to the action that he was going to do. And, yeah, you know, as a, you know, as a father now, I, I look at it and I'm like, I remember getting you know in trouble or not necessarily in trouble, but you know, getting yelled at because I wasn't holding the light in the right spot. But I get it now, and it wasn't nothing to do with that. It was. The value of it. Pay attention because there's, you're going to get value out of this one day. It may not be tomorrow, yeah. but one day it's going to be valuable to you. And when my dad taught me this, I was doing the same thing you were doing, and I want you to pay attention so you don't have to go through the growing pains that I did. That's just that's just it, me interjecting. Yeah, yeah. I know this is your no, life and your experience, it. but that I I I kind of I felt like I knew where you were going with it because it was the same thing with my dad, so or something similar. Yeah, yeah, and you know once. Once I started getting in, in the groove with every everything that was going on, and it, not, I, I'm not going to say conform, but you know, being compliant with the activities that needed to take place, you know, things started getting a, a, quite a bit better, and we started to bond over, you know, those yeah. those things that he found important in life. Yeah, I get you. I got you. Um, so uh, <laughs> I was going to ask you. Um, 
you when you mentioned when you're sometimes your parents were in sync, sometimes they weren't. Um, wasn't it? Didn't it always seem wor- like your punishment was worse when your parents were in sync? Because it's almost like they were a tag team in WWE, and they were like, "Yo, you're about to get this work." Um. No, not for me. No, okay, okay. Oh, I'm only no. speaking for me then. I guess, look, I, yeah. look, when my parents, like, I'm not saying my parents were always at a sink or something, um, but, like, you just, when you just notice every single thing lined up to where they're like, no, we're, we're one being right now. And this one being is about to deliver you. You're about to go see God. for me i was i was not the best kid i was not the best kid but that was i'm speaking for me uh i there were times now don't get it twisted i i did some things that were were not well and deserved to be punished and i was but Mm -hmm. I, i i'm gonna say that um neither one of my parents were too keen on punishment whatsoever and neither one of them wanted to do it yeah, and I understand that. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, yep, hundred percent. And it it comes down to does does the punishment fit the crime? And I failed yep. at that miserably early on. Um, I, I I think a lot of us did. Yeah, and it comes down to what what ways can I evolve mm-hmm. for the message I am attempting to to send to be received by the person that it's supposed to come from or yeah. supposed to go to. They got you. Now, yeah. With my daughter, it, she received things quite well because she and I think a lot alike. Mm-hmm. Um, we process information very similar to each other. Yep. My son, he and I, we process things completely different and the way that he receives information is not the way that I send it. So, you know, oftentimes I find myself struggling to figure out what is going to be my best approach or how, how I need to present myself in that certain situation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I got you. Um, me and my, so, I mean, I have, I have two daughters. Um, but, uh, the oldest one, she, um, me and her, like you said, me and me and her, we think the same. So she'll say something to my wife and she'll say it in a way in her brain. It makes sense. And she knows exactly what she's asking. And my wife will look at her in a confused manner and go to ask her, what are you talking about? And I'll see the confusion. I'll instantly step in and say, she's asking about this. She's like, Oh, I'm like, yeah, I, me and her are like this. We, I knew where she, or where her mind was. I knew what she was asking. I put two and two together. She said certain key phrases that our minds immediately said, that's how I'd ask the question. Cause that's just how my brain processes it. So yeah. I, I totally get what you mean. Um, I mean, I have, I have my second daughter's five months old, so we haven't built the connection yet. Well, we have, she yeah. laughs every time the, she sees yeah. me. So, but you know, when she starts talking and in, and crawling and walking and doing all those things, definitely that connection will be stronger and, and whatever, uh, and whatnot. So, um, but yeah, no, um, I appreciate the insight about your family. Um, and before I get into um, your experiences being a dad in the military, um, I want everybody to understand um, to you from from your perspective, what does it mean to you to be a dad? It's a tough question. 
and you so, know unpacked it how you how you feel feel fit yeah. um but i just want to set the foundation of well as we're getting into a thing so people understand this is what where you're speaking from yeah so early on i, I became a dad at 20 years and 10 days um mm-hmm. and that's young that's that's yeah, really young um were you married i i I, I was married, yeah. Oh, okay. And okay. Th- things were, you know, that was the next logical step. You know, I got married yeah. at, um, I had just turned 19 years old, got mm-hmm. married, and then we had our first kid um, yeah. when I was 20. And the the what it means to be a dad today is completely different than what it meant to be a dad then. And, uh, How so? Well... At that point in time, it was, I, I was still thinking about myself. And okay. when I say that, I say it in a way where I, I was thinking about how I could make myself happy. Okay. Yeah. And it, it, what that, you know, it was still me competing with the Joneses. It was still me, um, you know, using my newfound fatherhood as a way of saying, you know, look at me versus look at my son. You know what I, you know what I'm saying? It, it, it it was almost to the point where I was ungrateful for Mm -hmm. being a parent because I was too, too caught up in it's about me and it, it, it wasn't, but today my look on on being a father what does that mean and it means you know raising the next person mm-hmm. and showing them what i believe are good morals good values and hoping that they take those into their lives and make proper decisions and learn from mistakes that i made and not repeat those yes uh, to me yes. to me it's about good order and discipline and mm-hmm. it's about being a mentor mm-hmm. and learning how to back away. Yeah. Yes. Letting that, them that's grow. That's a huge one. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's hard. And I didn't, I didn't really understand how to back away until, honestly, it was, it was almost too late. And I was, you know, trying to backpedal and say, you know, hey, you, I just want you to be a kid. I want you to, to yeah. experience things as a kid. And they're like, no, you don't understand. Social dynamics have changed. Um, mm-hmm. The way that you grew up and the way that I grew up are completely different. And I need my space. I need to be able to to evolve with this rapidly changing world that's happening. And in yeah. retrospect, you know, I, I, I look back on my childhood and I was looking for the same things, but it was in a different manner. It was a different way. Society, you know, in eastern Kentucky in the early 2000s, is a completely different world than what it is today. And kids' entire social life is is digital. That's how they initiate conversation. That's how they exchange pleasantries throughout the day. That's how they know what they're going to be doing for the day or in the afternoon or the evening. Just like tonight, my kids went to, uh, um, they went to uh, the ice skating ring, ice skating rink, and they, they planned everything every single thing without ever seeing the people that they were going to go be with. Oh, and that's so weird. <laughs> it's it's so 
it's <laughs> foreign to me. Yeah. It it's so foreign to me because the way that we knew where the hangout spot was for the weekend or for the night was how many bicycles were in the driveway or how many bicycles mm-hmm. were in the front yard or or whatever and it, it was and we all knew who each other's bicycles were or like where they were and parents could drive by the known you know hot spots and if the mm-hmm. bike was there they knew they were safe yeah that type of thing does not exist anymore no, it doesn't. But to solidify your 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 question, what does it mean to be a dad to me? And it is to make sure that this child, whichever one that it is, grows up with what I believe are good morals and have the ability to be able to be a functioning member of society. 100% support it that's what it um your answer is similar to mine um being being a dad to me it's it's so important and i said this on the first episode that um being a dad is has been one of the things that i've always wanted to do because i uh as i as i stated again i'll say it i'll probably repeat myself sound like a broken record but i um anybody everyone anyone who knows me i was adopted and so being adopted you it's one of the biggest one of the big things is um when you be when you want to become a dad or when you become a dad i should say you you want to be good at it you want to be great at it because if you never were never were adopted you don't know you don't want know what right looks like so you want to do better than what you were given or shown um but if you were adopted if you're fortunate enough and blessed enough to be adopted you want to you know mimic what you how you grew up if it was a good, uh, good home that you grew up in, but you also want to do your own thing because you want, um, you want to have those answers that you're, that you had growing up. Uh, so you, you want to have those answers so you can, when your kids ask, you have the answers to those questions. And I don't want to get too far on a tangent, um, about me, but just being a dad is so important to me. So being a dad means, um, leading and, uh, just teaching, you know, and one of the things you said is, um, teaching them about or letting them know the mistakes that I made so they don't make them themselves. Um, yeah. I know so that kids vul- are still going to f- go ahead. The vulnerability factor of that is huge. And, you know, that's, that's something I wish that I had as a kid was, you know, my parents being vulnerable and, and letting me know, Hey, I'm going through some stuff right now. And mm-hmm. if I come at you sideways, it's not you. Yep. If I raise my voice, it's not you. Yeah. If, you don't see me for six, seven hours. I'm just going to go gather my stuff because I don't want to bring that to you. It's not that yes. I'm neglecting you at all. It's that I'm not going to bring that to you. Yes. And yes. It, that, that's definitely a lesson learned and definitely something that I, I bring into my, I'm, I'm just, we'll, we'll just call it, bring it into my practice as a father. Yeah. Because I don't think I'm ever going to be like the dad. I don't think it's ever going to happen where I'm going to be the dad. But guess what? I'm their dad. Yep, hundred percent. I don't. I'm you know, their dad. I, yeah, a lot of um, a lot of dads have um, have their own way of doing th- different things, and within their homes, that works. It works for them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so when we can always we can try to pull things from different people and things that we saw. Like I like how that dad does this. I like how that dad does this. Whatever the case might be. Um, but at one point we're going to kind of see like 
it's like a machine, a well-oiled machine. Everything that we, we implemented when they were young and to the point where they're growing in teenagers, you have teenagers, so you know, you start to see it formulate to be like, oh, okay, it's a well-oiled machine. If something messes up, you, you're able to immediately identify it and be like, okay, what's going on? You know, whatever the case might be. Um, but, oh, geez. But I, I'm totally, <laughs> I am totally aware of, um, totally know what you mean uh, when, you, when you say that. Um, so, thank you for answering my question. Great answer, by the way. Um, we're going to come, we're going to, again, you'll probably refer back to what your answer was, but, uh, I want to get into, um, the military, right? Obviously you were in the military or I say, obviously, I cause that's where I met you. I, I, I can hook you up. I know a recruiter. Oh yeah. Oh geez. <laughs> Please sign me up. I'm ready to go. Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> uh, so you were in the military, um, and you were a dad. You mentioned that you were um, 20 years old when you had your first son, daughter, daughter, son, son, son. son. Sorry, yeah. son. Yeah. Um. So, um, that being said, um, so you joined. Were you already in the army when you had no. when your son was being born, or? No, I I joined when I was 24 years old. Um, oh, okay. And I was the old guy. I was, Some would say that's late. Grandpa. Yeah, I was gonna say that yeah. they say that's late. Twenty four is like late. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, I was a grandpa at basic training and and advanced individual training, and it was it was a unique experience being able to go in there and um and and be the the old man in the group. There was there was one guy that was older than me in the entire battalion, and mm. uh, we we stayed in touch for for quite a while, but you know that that relationship faded as as you know relationships in the military often do yep. um you pcs and you and you lose those re- relationships so yeah i was i was 24 years old whenever i joined the army um i joined out of beckley west virginia and uh went to basic training at uh fort jackson south carolina Ooh, so did i relaxing yeah. jackson oh man so they say so yeah, they let's, say. right you know i i will just real quick i don't think it's relaxing jackson at all and I showed up and it was wintertime. Okay, so I joined out of Phoenix, Me Arizona. Too. So yeah. right, so I joined out of Phoenix, Arizona. So I, being from, you know, Arizona where it's always hot, I showed up in a tank top and shorts. Could you not? That's the right move. That's not the right move. It was November. <laughs> and I I I show up and, you know, yeah, I think I'm thinking I'm ready. I get yelled at for the first time. I don't know how to feel. You know, get for yell at by the first time from a from a person that's not my parent, right? So oh, I don't know how to feel. Um, and she's this short little black girl, uh, black lady who's just like looking at me. And she and just going ham, and I was like, oh my gosh, what did I get myself into? And yeah, you um, feel like you personally did something to her, <laughs> right? And so then I uh, then it's time to eat. So you know, you know how that works when you're in basic. You know the. Um, marching uh facing movements while you're walking through the chow chow hall and everything and but the line started outside Do not point don't right. point yeah so the line started outside and I, I was outside for a good like 10 15 minutes everyone who already okay. has their stuff is in full winters fleece jackets mm. fleece caps i'm in shorts mm. and the tank top and me thinking like i joined the army i'm trying to put on a brave face so like I passed like five people and you know, it's one of those, they're not, we're not talking. They're just like, yo, are you not cold? And I was like, nah, man, I'm good, man. I'm from Arizona. I'm good. They're like, yo, you're crazy. Yo, I was freezing, freezing, not important, yeah. but I just felt like this story was necessary about Jackson. Cause 
I I never knew it snowed in South Carolina, and it did twice when I was there. Twice. So, um, anyway, sorry. This is totally not on point, but I just felt like the story was necessary. (laughs) Uh, So you you were talking about, um, so you were, you joined when you were 24, um, went to Fort Fort Jackson. Out of Fort Jackson, where did you go? Uh, So I went from Fort Jackson to Fort Huachuca, Arizona. Spent 17 okay. weeks there. Yeah. And Became did you have your family an there? All source intelligence analyst. Oh, one of the best jobs. I should have did that. Mm. I should have did that. Yeah. <laughs> did you have your family when you were in Fort Wachuga? No, 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 no. So no? I was just okay. like any other new recruit. Um, if if they were coming, they were coming on their own dime. And uh, yeah. I would get to see them when I got to see them. Yeah. So we just we just waited out the seventeen weeks, and mm-hmm. uh, once once we left there, went to um, Fort Campbell, Kentucky, which is not Kentucky; it's Tennessee, but whatever. <laughs> well, they say it's it's Kentucky and Tennessee. It's like on the border. Yeah. The post office is in Kentucky, but the rest of the post is in Tennessee. Ah, got you. Okay, you would know. Yeah. You're, you're the you're the expert of Kentucky. So, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, between us two, you are <laughs> okay. Um, so, uh, okay. So you went to, you went to Campbell, um, and then your family, that's where you, you and your family were. And that's where, uh, I guess you would say really your, your life as a, as a military dad really started. That's it. Yeah. 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 Um, and so what was that like? You know, you hadn't seen them for, I mean, you did basic for, I think it was 12 weeks. Um, and then, then you did 17 weeks at Fort Huachuca and I'm sure you'd seen them maybe a couple, a few times, but you not really, get, um, enough time to solidify yourself again as dad. Right. So, right. You guys, you get to Campbell and you're there, you're present now. Um, you miss some things obviously, but you're there now and you're seeing them and, but you're still dad. So what was that like? What was that transition like from not seeing them to seeing them and how, how did they accept you? Yeah, so, you know, basic training and uh, AIT was, was an experience in itself uh, because I'd, I'd never been without my family, you know. I'd never, mm-hmm. uh, I've never not been able to just pick up the phone and say, hey, Mom, hey, Dad, what's yeah. going on? Um, always got to see my kids, but, you know, before bed, all you know, and all that was just gone immediately. And... Yep. Um, I get to AIT rules are a little bit more relaxed. You know, you go through your phasing periods where you get more freedom and more freedom and more freedom and more freedom. And eventually it was just like, you know, I got, I got comfortable with that, with that life. I mean, it was, I have a little over a half a year uh, away from family altogether. So I, I got into the rhythm of, you know, my own agenda, the way that things were going my own way. And then, you know, we, show up in August in uh at Fort Campbell and get moved into our house everything you know settles down I'm on leave and uh I find myself still in that that mindset I'm still in the I'm on military's time uh, I'm, I'm yeah. on the army's time mm-hmm. and I, I I conduct myself in that way everything's super efficient um and I, I was in it, you know, and I, I I didn't let my guard down for quite a while. And I immediately do what 
all young new soldiers do, and they make friends with everyone that they can find. Uh, yep. Those that they came from AIT with that that went to the same duty station as them, they had the ability to you know instantly communicate because they had been together, and yeah. you know they put trust in these people, and it was it was always who who's going to be at the house this afternoon who's going to be at the house tonight and typically it would be you know the people who were stuck in the barracks they oh jude's got a house let's go over to his place yeah and they'd come over and hang out and that in itself was an absolute curse and you know in retrospect i should have you know i should have found myself becoming more private and yeah staying in my own lane and keeping my side of the street clean if you will yeah, and, no, I got you. Uh, and, you know, from August to November, uh, the wife and kids were there. And then in November, uh, the wife left. And Oh, uh, damn. Yeah, so, I mean, there, there's definitely some things there that, um, that played out. And I'm not going to air someone else's dirty laundry. However, yeah, it, it was time for us to part. And, yeah. you know, she she had her agenda and I had my own and um, once once the separation took place and I realized that you know I got this house now I'm by myself mm-hmm. my kids aren't here to fill up the hallways with you know screaming and laughter and you know all of these things and it's just like oh man I'm alone and at that point in time I, I, I had a, a realization that I was going to miss a lot of things and I dealt with it mm-hmm. very poorly. I dealt with it very poorly. Um, I, I, you know, I spent a lot of time with lawyers and, you know, attempting to, uh, get as much time as I possibly could with my kids and, you know, things, things worked out for the most part. I got, you know, uh, enough custody to be able to, to spend, at least, you know, some summer breaks, some long breaks in school and be able to, uh, get, get some weekends and actually get some quality time. It, it started off really slow yeah. and, uh, it, you know, it picked up, uh, over time and I, I, you know, in some ways the relationships now are stronger for it Yeah. and, but I don't wish it on anyone. Absolutely, <laughs> I, but you were still in the yeah. you were still in the army when all this was going on, though, right? You were, That's correct. Yeah, yeah. You were yeah. still still doing so. You were still doing army tasks, and then on your personal time, figuring out um, scheduling and uh, between um, you and the ex to figure out when you were going to see the kids and and lawyers and all that. So you were you were army army for a good portion of the day, and then any time you had after was spent. You were you were. Tr- trying to get a hold of the kids and do what you need to do to see them. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, my first gig in the Army was at uh, 101st Airborne Division uh, headquarters. And okay. I was I was the, the new kid on the block working um, in the basement and pumping out reports on a daily basis. And I found myself being okay at it. And... I was jumping into every school that I could possibly get to. We had a very good foundry site on location, so we got all the schools that we wanted. We got every single thing that we would we desired as soldiers. And um, I, I just to be completely honest, I, I devoted my life to the army at that point in time. Yeah, and um, 
from 4.30 in the morning, getting up, you know, throwing on PTs, going and waiting at the gate forever to get in, and going to PT and not coming back home until, you know, at least 6 o'clock at night. It, yep. I, I had no energy for anything else, and um, but I saved it, you know, what I could for the weekend on the weekends that I had the kids, and then, you know, as much as I could for the 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 times that um that were allotted to me at that point in time so as as being in the army as as a, a junior dad we'll say junior dad yeah um learning the ropes of things um there should be a class that says don't burn yourself out in the army <clears throat> but give us what you can well and no one teaches you that um until later on, until someone, you know, until a senior, one of those senior guys or gals comes along and says, hey, look, I've noticed a few things, and let me put you on game. And um, I had this senior um, NCO sit me down one time, and this is, I was in Afghanistan, and he, uh, he was like, he goes, hey, man, listen, you know, all you got to do is give 75%. He goes, you give or I'm sorry, I take that back. He said, all you have to do is give 50%. And I looked at him crazy. And I was like, what do you mean 50%? He's like, aren't we supposed to be giving 100 all the time? He's like, no, 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 no. All you have to do is give 50. Because if you're giving 50, everybody else is giving only 25. He goes, so why, when you give 50, which is only half of you, and the other half you can give to devote to your family and everything, what you want to do, he goes, you already look like a stud. He goes, I give the Army 50%, and I have been for the last, he was on year 18. He had just suspended his retirement packet. And he was like, I give the Army 50%, but I, I stand out ten um, over my peers because they're only giving them 25%. You know, So I've carried that with me um, for a very long time. Uh, I'm not saying I'm half-assing the Army, um, but in essence, right, I'm giving I'm giving enough to do what I need to do on a daily basis um and some and some more but then I'm devoting that the rest of that energy to my family cuz that's where it needs to be but like you said no one tells you these things when you're early on all they tell you is go 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 you're young you can handle it this is what's this is what's like being in the army and you need to learn how to do these things but while you're trying to be the best soldier you can be and then navigate how to be a father at the same time, those are inter those are intertwining to the point where you're you you get overwhelmed. Um and I won't speak for you, but just for me personally, you just get overwhelmed uh with the with the um the expectations from all of these people and you don't know which ones to take on or which ones to say, Hey, I don't worry I'm not worried about that. So I was taking on the expectations of my leaders, my friends, and then my wife and my kids. And that's a lot. That's a heavy burden to hold, to have, you know, when you're when you're young and, and impressionable in the military, because you don't know what you're still trying to figure out what right looks like for you. Right may look like mm -hmm. might right is right, but it looks a little different for everybody. You know what I mean? Oh, and absolutely. So, it, it, you know, it, it's tough and no one in, it's not until later on until someone finally pulls you in and says, hey, man, listen up. 
and then you finally get yeah. it. So, yeah. um, but so like as we were saying, you you were you were in the military navigating all these things, going through what you were going through, and um, but it sounds like you were doing it. You know what I'm saying? Your Are, kids, your kid. I'm sure your kids can think back to those times, um, and be like, yeah, I remember going to see dad when we were in Kentucky or whatever the case might be. Um, but you were doing it and you were putting your best foot forward every single day. And I always say, um, being mediocre is a choice. So as dads, we cannot, we cannot choose to be mediocre. We have to be the best that we can be. We have little people who are watching every single move that we take, we make, we have to be the best we can be. And I fail, um, a lot, but, um, every day is a new day. Every day is a new challenge to be better than you were yesterday. Um, but again, uh, it sounds like you were, you were, you were crushing it. Um, so, but what were you feeling though? Um, inside, like, how did that make you feel? I mean, cause you can, you couldn't, I didn't sound like you vocalized to your kids how you felt, but you still, um, you were still doing, doing the dad thing, your dadly duty every chance you could. So how did that make you feel? Yeah. So this is something that we don't talk about nearly enough, man. And it's that the army gave me the feeling of success. Yeah. I, you know, I remember the first time I got a challenge coin. It was like, you know, it was at a briefing for a general mm. officer and boom, at the end of it, got that challenge coin. I was like, Oh, oh I got a star on the board today. Look at me. And, and it was one of those things where I, I was fighting to to be better than the person that was next to me at the table or just attempting to always get that face time being the fastest runner not giving up you know during PT jumping in in uh, leading PT no matter how much it suck I remember we had a sergeant major man that this this guy he he hated himself I without a doubt he hated himself (laughs) And he wanted to drag us. I don't along know if that's funny him. or not, but all right. <laughs> I yeah, I I I don't know, but it, we were it, for I I know at least at least six months we were running on average between eight and ten miles every single day, every wow. single day we were running, and um, I got good at it and I got fast mm-hmm. and I could go forever. And I wasn't in good shape. I was dying. Like, yeah, I couldn't eat enough food. I, 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 <laughs> I couldn't smoke enough cigarettes. I, I, I couldn't drink enough caffeine. Like, I was struggling. But like, I found a way to put it all together because I was getting that reward system. Like, I was mm-hmm. being rewarded for for my hard work, and that was amazing. Now let's go back over to the father side. I felt like I was failing everywhere along the way because, you know, I. I I got used to that, you know, coming home and I, I'd walk through the door and there'd be, you know, happy little smiling faces there greeting me. Mm-hmm. And when, when you come, when you come home and you just throw your uniform in the washer and you cook whatever you want to cook and, you know, eat and drink yourself into oblivion and lay down and go to sleep. I mean, that's, that's single life in the army that, that yeah. that's not sugarcoated at all. That's, that's what happens. Like, yep. That is how it goes. That is what's going on. That's what's going on in the barracks. Sergeant Major, if you're listening, that's what's going on in your barracks. 
100%. That's it. I want people to get out more, to be honest. If you're single, get out. Please get out of the barracks. It's not. uh, Listen, if I got to live there, I'm not. I I get it. But I'm going to go do something else. As as much as you can afford. Don't empty your bank accounts. Yeah. Yeah. No, I Um, completely agree. But I was I was failing in my own mind. I was failing and I was building this, you know, this mountain out of a little, you know, anthill. And it, my, my kids didn't feel like they were abandoned. They've never told me that they feel like they were abandoned. Mm-hmm. And I never got the perception that they were abandoned at all. But to me, it was like, I, I did, I joined the, the army to be a provider. Yeah. And, to me, it was a job. Yep. Until it wasn't, yep. and when I realized that I I'm not getting that that pleasure from anything else in my life, let me just devote everything to the army, and that's what I did. And um, I'm not saying that that's the right thing to do, but I was successful with it. Uh, yeah. I I fast tracked, and I got put in front of some very important people um mm. i got to speak my part and i got to tell the truth about the things that were going on to some very important people and had the ability to be able uh to influence some great decisions that went on in in the world and, and that gave me oh man did that that get the rush going that gave me the yeah. ability you know let me find that next that next thing and i became a, an addict to it Yes. And oh my goodness, yes. Yeah, Those in the back. <laughs> Jeez, yes. I I became an addict to succeeding. Mhm. And when I did that, <laughs> everything else uh kind kind of took a back seat. Um yeah. and it it's not easy to admit, but it's a dark time in my life. Um, going, you know, deploying, being completely remote from everyone, making a family with the people that that was there. Um, you know, still communicate with a lot of those that I was downrange with um, during my time. And yeah. there's there's some of the finest people that you'll ever meet. And I think that the reason that I say that is because not because that they actually are. I don't know. Because I, I just know the character that they played at the time, and that's exactly yeah. what I was doing. I was playing that character, and understanding that I was chasing the the clout, as the kids say. Um, I, I was I was chasing that. You know, I want I want everyone to envy me. I want them to say, yeah. "Why is he getting the special treatment? Why does he get to go?" You know to the general's uh, chow hall. Why does he get to go and, you know, sit down with the general every Thursday at 10 o'clock and just have a, a candid conversation with him? Like, I couldn't tell you how many times I just went and sat down next to uh, General McConnell and just, we just talked. Yeah. And then, you know, I, I can name drop a bunch of different stars that are out there now, but it's like, why was I doing it? And I'll tell you right now, I was doing it for the wrong reason. I was yeah. doing it for myself to feel good about the bad decisions that I've made. And do you th- go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no do no, you no, think um, that your 
your drive and to, to succeed in the army, um, in the military and every, and all those things, um, different aspects that you were succeeding in within your job. Do you think that you were, you were searching for that, that high, if you will, because you weren't getting it, you weren't getting that, um, positive reinforcement or feedback from being a dad. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And it was, it was almost like, it's almost like it was pulled away. It wasn't taken, but mm-hmm. I had to look at it at a distance. Okay. What do you mean by and that? And I'm, I mean, I, for a while I was, I was a phone dad. I was, okay. you know, a FaceTime dad. I was mm-hmm. a phone call. I was, you know, looking at pictures and that's how I was, that's how I was dadding. Um, mm-hmm. Because, it, and and I look at the, the phrase father or dad as a verb. It's it's yeah. not an adjective. It's not a noun. It's it's a verb. If you're not doing it, then you're you're not it. Right. And um, when I came to the realization that I was doing it to have a small circle of fame or to look better than you know the person next to me because I mean that's one of those things that was that was preached to us. How how do how are you separating yourself apart from the others? You're never exactly. going to get promoted unless you set yourself apart from the others. Yes. But they don't want you to set yourself apart from the others. They just want to create competition so that they're getting the best candidate that they possibly can, which they should. The people who do the jobs in the green suit 100% need to be the best that they can possibly be. And mm-hmm. when you're not, you need to accept that and you need to say, okay, my time is closed let me fold my hand. You guys enjoy the rest of the chips that are at the table because I no longer possess them. And not to jump too far ahead, but that's what led me to the decision that I made in order to be a better human being was to admit I got nothing else for the army. Yeah, I had a whole lot. I mean, and I still have a whole lot, but I didn't have it allocated to the army anymore. Yeah. And, I, I, I like to think that I'm a man of integrity. I like to think that um, I act based off of sound judgment now. Mm-hmm. And when I when I when I took that you know information to to my commander, I was like, listen, <laughs> it's not COVID burnout. It's not um, you know just a lack of this or a lack of that. It is I don't have anything left for the army, and I realized that I was going to miss out on being a father. I was going to miss out on so many things because I was giving it all to the army. It's, it's a, it's great. You say that because, um, and you're not skipping ahead. Don't worry. But uh, it's great. You say that because, um, when I was year three, year four, um, I'm year 10 now, but when I was year three, year four, um, all the senior NCOs who had kids, uh, at the time, uh, would uh, and they and uh, they had their own kids and they were being fathers and they were doing their thing um and they were at the point I'm at now they were contemplating on the decision on whether to stay in or get out and a lot of them were getting out and i thought it was craziness right um but i also how, in my mind had you're halfway there that, how could you give up how right could you, you know give what i mean now? Yeah. how could you stop now <laughs> and i had uh, but i had also decided early on and I obviously went back on this decision. Um, 
right? <laughs> I went back on this on the decision because, uh, uh, well, let me tell you what the decision was. The decision was, I said, when I become a father, I will not. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, I won't be in. I'll get out mm-hmm. because being a dad is the most important thing to me. Because my dad was at my games. My dad's a pilot, so my dad. He flies for he flies uh, for airlines the airline companies right now um, and he all he he always has. Um, that's but, a thankless job, by the way. Go ahead and plug that. That's a thankless job. Thanks, Dad, for what you do. Oh, absolutely. Um, he flies for Southwest. Southwest. <laughs> uh, but no, so he uh um so but he he was he was always gone. He was always flying, but. I always remember him at the games. You know what I mean? I played basketball um, in high school or in middle school and high school. I played basketball, but he was, he was at most of the games. I don't, I remember him being at most of the games versus the games he wasn't present for. You know what I mean? And uh, for me, that was so important as for a part of being a dad that mm-hmm. um, for me, I was like, that's what I want. I don't want to miss, you know, that game or that that event because I'm deployed because I'm I'm off doing something for the army or whatever the case may be so I said early on I said yeah the moment I become a dad I only I had only planned to do four years but I was like the moment I become a dad it for sure it's a wrap it's done um that's changed obviously I'm still in <laughs> I'm still doing my thing yeah. um but I've changed my priority from the army or it's my the army is still priority, but I've changed my priority of instead of focusing on the people around me and appeasing them and appeasing everybody around me as if I'm the best that that I could be and I'm giving all I'm all I am while I'm here and and whatever the case may be. I I let it know be known early on that like I care about my job. I'll put my best foot forward when it comes to doing my job. But I understand my priorities. I understand why I'm here. I put that suit. I put that green suit ever, on every day for my kids. Mm-hmm. That's 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 the real reason why I do it. Um, it's for them, and because I want to give them a life that my dad was able to give to me. And um, at the time when I was thinking about getting out, I didn't know what I had to offer the the workforce, the civilian workforce. And but I was good at what I was doing in the army, so I stayed in. Um, and so I felt that if if I'm good at what I'm doing. I'm making enough. Of, I'm making enough money to, to put food on the table, to take them to special events, do all these different things. It doesn't make any sense to stop, right? Um, and that's just me. So, I tell everybody, um, every leader that I come across, that I'm they're going to remember I was there majority of the time. They're going to remember the times I was there versus the times I was gone. I cannot. I can point out like two occasions that I remember my dad being gone, and he wasn't gone for like months. He was gone for at most um, two weeks, right? Um, but when you're a kid growing up, two weeks is a long time. Um, so, but um, but still, nonetheless, right, um, when I am home, I oh, devote yeah. everything to them. Um, them and my wife. I love my wife, but <laughs> I devote everything to them, you know, because I just want them to know that they're important to me and that while, I, while Dad has a job, and it's the Army, and it pays for everything that we have, and it's great. The army will never be outshine them. You know what I mean? So, 
Um, but I, yeah. yeah, yeah, so I had to get to a point where I had to prove that. Um, and it came it came to a, to a head at at a point where I found myself as uh, because you know after that situation where we were talking um, where my wife left. Uh, I did get into another relationship and, and was married to that woman for mm-hmm. uh, quite a few quite a few years. I think we made it to like nine. Yeah, I'm and, sorry to hear that, man. Um, we we had a child together. We lost that child, and um, yeah, yeah. The um, the the relationship had deteriorated to where I. I I was a shell of a human being. I had no idea who I was at any point in time. And, you know, it, it, it almost got to the point, um, where Mm. I was just running through the, um, running through the motions uh, of the day. And I wasn't there for my kids at all. Um, I was just completely absent. I may have been there physically, but I, I, emotionally and mentally I was completely absent it was just like all right I can't wait for the alarm clock to go off so I can get out and and, you know go and find some sort of sanity in my life and uh that relationship ended and I found myself being a single dad of two kids and two teenagers and here I am you know I'm gone early in the morning I'm home later in the afternoon uh, some days were earlier than others, and then some days were not. And I, you know, as, as time progressed, I I, mm-hmm. I found myself finding more and more reasons to leave early. Um, and I was just not devoting my time to my to to the job or to the kids anymore. It became all about mm-hmm. me, and I I had to make a, a big change. Yeah. And I had to get, divorce the army. Let's let's just call it what it is. I had to divorce the army, and my mental capability to keep up with myself was gone. And I was watching myself just not be me. And you guys um, in the office, absolutely, you held me together for a while. But you know, eventually, I started shutting you guys out as well because I yeah. I was ashamed. It's like I'm I'm overwhelmed. I'm not able to yeah. to do this. I don't understand how yeah. other people do it. Good for them that they have the capability. But I didn't anymore. I I I, I didn't. Wow. Like I it got to a point where I didn't even know how to go to the grocery store and, and buy groceries. And I I realized what I was doing was I was still looking yeah. for that pleasure that I was receiving from the army and I didn't get it. I wasn't getting it. I, w- I was in a unit that had no mission. They had no purpose. They had no leadership. They had yeah. no oh, one available for the real things that were going on in people's lives. People mm-hmm. were committing suicide left and right uh, in the barracks because they had no support system. Um, and the chaos that is Fort Bragg. They call it the center of the universe for a reason. And it's because that's where everyone yeah. goes to make some sort of decision for for the army itself. And when when I found myself not able 
to be a provider and be a protector for my kids, I knew that there was a time that I needed to, or I knew that there yeah. was an avenue that I needed yeah. to go down that I hadn't explored before. And that was being a civilian and, you know, navigating life and, and being present and being there with them and sharing emotions, sharing yeah. exactly how the day went, being able to tell them what I did today, being able to, you know, express my angers or the things that I feel like yeah. I have failed on and explaining to them, it's okay. And I'll be honest with you, man. When I got my DD-214 <laughs> and I changed out of my uniform into civilian I'm clothes so, in the parking lot of the Soldier Support Center at Fort Bragg. <laughs> no, I did. I still haven't washed that uniform. That uniform is in a plastic bag and it's vacuum sealed and it's in yeah. my attic. I, 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 I may never pull it out again. Is it, but when that happened, yeah. I broke out into the worst sweat you could ever imagine, and I was scared to yeah. death. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was free. That is the scary. But one I of the scariest decisions is to be. You know what I mean? Free, like you said. Right to be uh, absolved of the responsibility that of the army, the burden that the army puts on you. And it's not necessarily a bad burden uh, at times, but the burden that you have been the bag, the metaphorical bag, if you will, the rucksack that you've been carrying for years was finally taken off, set down. And now it's on you, but that's, that's the, the other scary part to it. It's on you. Every decision that you make. So, yeah has a consequence mm -hmm. and that consequence is because the decision and the choice that you made right and that's the scary part because in the army there's some there's some aspects of that protection where we can we can make a decision as a leader and we have that top coverage um because it almost has it's almost like a conversation that's been that was had that this decision is okay and you make it and then you go forth if it fails then everyone comes back and says, well, this is how we need to fix it. Correct it next time. It's all right, guys. We'll get them next time, whatever the case might be, right? On the outside, it's on you. And, um, I mean, I'm not there yet, but I've thought of that mm -hmm. before. Um, and it scares me, right? It scares me because it's like, I can make decisions. I know how to make decisions. I know how to make choices it for should. myself. I know how to make choices for my family. Um, but not having that backing, if you will, that the backing of like, uh, it's almost like a, like an airbag. You know what I'm saying? Like if, yeah, safety net, there we go. The safety net, the safety net's been taken and the gloves are off. Safety it's net, like for if sure. Life, if life throws a right hook, you better block, duck, or get hit. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, no, I, I, yeah. I get you. I mean, that's, be that's, able to take that that's heavy right there. Yeah. Um, because that decision, it's a big one. But, I mean, you did it for the right reasons, right? And, you know, you wanting to be there for your family, wanting to be that better version of yourself or that, yeah. self, that version of yourself in which you knew you could that were, you were capable of, you just had to 
shed a few pounds, if you will, <laughs> you know, um, so, so you made that transition. How long did you, um, yeah, yeah. How long absolutely. did you end up serving? Okay. And, um, I mean, that's, a, that's a large, that's a uh, huge like portion of your life, right? You know I mean? Um, yeah. and so you're a civilian now you have been for, for yeah. some time. Um, I think what a year, roughly a year. Four months. No, oh, no. oh, okay. No. Still, still uh, fresh, still, but still uh, a civilian nonetheless. Yeah. Um, yeah. What is it like yeah. being a dad now? What what changes have you seen yeah. within yourself and the relationship with your kids? Like, what is it like being a dad now that you don't have the um, to put the uniform every on every day? Okay. So there's two answers to this question and yeah. we can go we can go either way. The short answer is I'm here. That mm-hmm. the short answer is I I pay attention more. Yeah. And I understand and I'm mm-hmm. slower to react. I yeah. I'm quicker to comfort and I'm not looking for a solution right now. That was that was a big thing. I was looking for a solution right now, um, but the long answer we can we can get into that. Uh, the mm-hmm. The long answer is, <clears throat> I had a lot of problems. Um, I my mother had passed away in 2019. I was forward uh, when she passed away and uh, came back mm-hmm. stateside. Um, Sorry, yeah, I had to man, break the news rough. to my to my kids. I had to bury my mother. Um, I had to I had to be around people that I hadn't seen in years, mm-hmm. and some of them for good reason. Um, and it was difficult. Um, and th- that was something that I didn't deal with. I just I, I didn't grieve. I pushed it off. And then I lost my son um, in July of uh, 2021, and that took everything for me. It 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 took my ability to process emotion. It took my ability to yeah gather my thoughts enough to have a conversation with anyone. And what wow. did I do? I didn't grieve. I just went back to work. I, I I talked to a chaplain. Shout out to you, chaplain. I, I still call him, and he still answers the phone. He still talks to me. And if you guys need it, he he's the guy. If you're in and you're at Fort Bragg, he's going to be there until he retires. Hit somebody up, and, and we'll get you into contact with the best chaplain in the Army, in my opinion. But I didn't grieve. I, I didn't even try. I didn't I didn't know how to start. And there was the the stigma of jumping out and and mm-hmm. asking for help that you were, you know, you're crippling your career, you were done. And it took me not caring about my career anymore to go and get help. <clears throat> and yeah. When I went to go get help, it didn't work the first time. It didn't work the second time. It didn't work the third time. It, it, it took me a while. 
and it I, I had to go and talk to multiple different providers and explain my story over and over and over and reliving it without healing without any treatment whatsoever and I didn't understand how to even begin and when I started mm. going down the yeah. the provider network um, I learned learned a whole lot about medicine within the army and the way that things are dealt with and I have come to the conclusion myself, only speaking for me, that medicine in the Army is temporary. They want to bandage you up enough to feel good enough to go back and do what they're paying you to do. To an extent, I understand that. But at the end of the day, if you were to fix some of the problems that you have and you were able to present a an adequate amount of care, it's highly likely you'll be retained and you'll feel good about it and you'll finish out your career and you'll be able to train, mentor um, all of these you know young mm-hmm. soldiers that are coming in. You'll be able to share your experiences with them, time permitting, um, and get back into you know what it takes to to train soldiers and that is to provide purpose direction and motivation i was not able to give soldiers motivation anymore because i had none i wasn't able to give them direction because the unit that i was in didn't have a mission they didn't have they didn't and they had zero problems at whatsoever and purpose i didn't give a shit about myself anymore i didn't care about any accolades. I didn't care about any awards. I didn't care about any ratings. I didn't care about any promotions. I didn't care about competing with anyone because those are the only people that I cared about. Mm -hmm. I mean, during, during that time, that was my family and I devoted everything to those people. What little bit I had left. (laughs) And, um, with, with, with that being said, I, I, found myself deteriorating mentally and I added in the army's drug of choice which is alcohol and yeah that robbed me of everything because I was able to justify it and the way that I was able to justify it was hey I'm dealing with all this stress let me take the edge off and then the edge turned into something else and then yeah. I became a connoisseur so I was able to justify it because I bought expensive alcohol and I was able to, I was able to justify it because it was, hey, look at me, look at this bottle that I've got. Um, you should, you should try it. But I'd never invite anyone over to come and hang out and yeah. drink with me. So I, because it's expensive, I was going to drink it. That's mine. And then I alienated myself from my friends, from my family. I, <laughs> my call list on my phone was just soldiers. That was it. I, I I had no missed calls. Nobody called me. Why would they call me? I'm not going to talk to you. I'm going to get off the phone as quickly as possible, and I'm going to get back to the only medication that yeah. that I knew because that was that was the the social norm. It was you know drown it all away, and I I got sober uh, the 27th day of August of 2022, and wow. it took me. 
almost dying in order for me to get sober. That was, that was the last drink that I had. And I woke up from being passed out to a grown man laying in my bed with me, begging me not to die. And without him, we would not be having this conversation today because I was ready to die. It was the easiest way out, and I didn't have to fail anymore. And once I was able to understand Mm -hmm. that, yes, everything that happened to me, happened to me. I'm not going to drink about it. I went down that rabbit hole. It didn't work. And then I realized that if I needed, if I was going to be a dad, if I was going to father, if I was going to parent my children, I had to fix myself because I could walk in and and spout orders to anybody. I've been doing that for years. But until I fix me, how am I going to fix, how am I going to fix my kids? So that's a significantly longer answer, but how does it feel now? Well, if you take into account sobriety, you take into account I've gotten in touch with my mental health. If you take into account that I understand my personality type, I understand my attachment type, I understand my love language, I understand all wait, of these wait, things. What? <laughs> I did not expect that. It's horrifying. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's being a parent. It's horrifying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's horrifying because before I could just mm-hmm. run away. I found a way to successfully run away. And it was socially acceptable too because drinking's legal. You can do it. And then I would run away and I wouldn't have to deal with those problems. Well, the problem was me. It wasn't the drinking. The problem was... I didn't know how to communicate. I didn't know how to express the things. Oh, gotcha. Okay, never, I'm sorry. Needed I'm to sorry. hear from I me. thought you were hey, saying Dad's struggling. Else. Yeah, a full circle. I'm here I, now. I, I, I'm with everybody else. It's everybody else circle, picked up full on circle. it, but I'm here now. Quan's here. Go ahead. <laughs> full full circle. Yeah. <laughs> I'm but, sorry. I'm sorry. I, w- I, I, I was totally thrown off when you were like. Totally derailed it there, but it's all right. All what? good. All good. No. I'm with you. Full circle. You were, you're back at it. Forgive me. I'm sorry. That's my fault. Yeah. Being, be, being a parent is horrifying. It is the scariest thing ever. And it's because now I have to deal with all these emotions. Now I have to say, why did you walk into the house and you look away? What are you hiding? Are you hiding from yourself? These are things that I would have never noticed before. And at the same time, I have to say, okay, what am I doing? Am I projecting? And this is the, you know, this is the mirror image that I'm putting out. How do I correct that? And then you throw in all of the coulda, shoulda, wouldas, and you feel guilt. And then you add stress and anxiety on top of that because guilt is is the roots yep. to stress and anxiety. If you've done something wrong and you feel bad about it, 
you're going to be stressed. If you forget to do something and you were obligated to do it, if you've got a heart, you're going to feel bad about it. It's going to lead to stress and anxiety. Well, I started to realize all these things. Started, you know, in my care, I started, you know, realizing all of the things that I was failing at. And then the doctors are throwing every drug you can imagine at me. I've taken all the SSRIs. I've taken all of, you, you name it. I I have ran a trial period with it. But at the beginning, I was still drinking with it. So it it gave me no sense mm. of of comfort. It, it it leveled nothing out. And then once I made it to that to that point of sobriety where I made it over the the hump, if you will, and started looking at life holistically, I understood the things that were important to me. Um and the things that were important to me no yeah. longer were the army and it's not the army's fault it it became a point where i realized that i no longer needed someone in a green suit yeah. to say i'm proud of you buddy you you did good right there i needed my kids to say hey dad i believe in you and i wanted to look at them in the eyes and see trust because to me, and I, I'm, I, I'm sure it's out there. To me, yep. I know I'm doing a good job when yep. they look at me and they believe what I'm telling them. Mm-hmm. They believe that I'm telling them the truth. They, they, they invest their time into sitting down and saying, "Hey, what do you think about this? Can you help me with that?" Will you just sit with me? That's when I knew that I had made the right decision, and that's when I yeah. knew that. And this all happened I was when you there when you when you got out kids when you made and that it transition. It wasn't about me anymore. Changing in the parking lot. <laughs> you, this all happened when you got out. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. 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 But uh, I mean, I'm not gonna no hundred percent no sugar coating on this I, um, whatsoever. And I Being and I is scary. What you just it said resonates with me because um, sitting there and and not in uh, chills. So I play I play video games. I play Call of Duty, and I enjoy playing Call of Duty. Um, but in the truth, um, I play Call of Duty a lot more than I should because. Or Xbox, well, I'm playing Call of Duty, but I play Xbox more than I should because it's an easy way to distract myself from my responsibilities. And going back to earlier what you said, where the Army gives you that, um, almost like almost at every task, they give you that, that, that attaboy, you know what I'm saying, that pat on the back that you've been looking for for your whole life, right? So after everything you do, you start to look for it. You start to look for that attaboy. Yeah. And yeah, you know, who's going to give me that? I just, I just did this and I'm, I need, who's going to give I it to me? The, I need praise for it. You know, um, I'll take out the trash and I'll, and I'll be like, yo, I took out the trash and my wife will like, so you did what's required of you. Do you want to, do you want a cookie? And, and I'm sitting there and not realizing, yeah, not realizing that 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 attaboy that I, I I've 
that I get you from have done the bare that minimum getting, that I've been getting from the army for so long. I brought it home and expecting that when I do a task, right, a task at home, and that's the problem. I'm calling it a task, but it's just respon- one of my responsibilities. But I'm doing a task at home. I'm looking for that attaboy at the end of it to say, hey, you did a good job on this. Um, but going back, um, you don't get that feedback from your kids because, one, they don't know you need that feedback. You know what I mean? And as a parent, sometimes you're not going to tell them you're not going to tell them I need constant no. feedback from you. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, at uh, twenty hundred, you're going to you're going to back brief me on yeah. on how I did today. Right. <laughs> They're not going to do that. You know, what I mean? and, um, and so I play video games because, yeah, it, it, I play video games because I'm intimidated. and I'm scared. No matter how hard you try. Why I talk <laughs> about being I want to be a, I want to be a great dad. I'm scared that I'm I'm going to fail. And they're going to know it. I'm afraid that I'm going to fail. It's going to be instantaneous. Yeah. There's going to be, there's going to be expectation from them, um, for me that I'm going to be great at something or, th- or give them this, this, um, ungodly wisdom, right? This wisdom, which they're just like, my dad has all the answers and they're going to know it's just BS. And I don't know the answer. And they're going to be like, yeah, you failed. Everything up to this point shows you that how much a fail you are. You're not my dad. I'll see you later. Get out. You know what I mean? And I'm my daughter's only four, going on five. She'll be five this year. But mm. and I'm scared of that. Mm. And it's intimidating. And um, that's why I said, it, "Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy, right?" Yo, <laughs> you'll go and fight a grown man. It's different, and you know you that, that I got a, girl I have a second you. daughter, and oh my gosh, mm-hmm. and it's scary. Yeah, you know, what I mean, it's scary because if I let i i could pop, I could maybe live with letting one down, but I can't live with letting two down. You know what I mean? And um. I just, oh man, and it's rough. Um, And this is, this is one of the many reasons why uh, I started the show is, you know, in the beginning, I, 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 to this day, I'm mediocre, right? I will, I will be the first one to say it. I'm mediocre. And, but being, like I said earlier on, being mediocre is a choice. And so, I'm saying that I refuse to be medi- continue to be mediocre and yeah. I want to give the best that I can to my kids because they deserve it. I, I, I put them here, right? So they didn't ask for it. Mm-hmm. I put them here with the help of my wife and you know, they didn't ask for it. I, we yeah. want to give them the best, the best life that they, that they deserve the best life I can give them. And it's just scary. You know what I mean? It's just intimidating. It's scary because do they know that I'm, do they know that I'm, I'm trying something new today? Do they know that I've I've been trying something new for the last two weeks? You know what I mean? Do they know that, uh, is it working? Do they, are they receiving Mm -hmm. it? Well, uh, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's, it's, oh, it feels like trial and error, and you're like, I don't feel like trial and error should be do- a thing we do with kids. 
You know what I mean? I feel like if we're gonna have, if we're gonna be parents, if we're gonna be kids, we're gonna be dad, or we're gonna make, we're gonna be parents and make kids and be dads and say we're, hey, I'm a dad. We should have it all figured out. But then I've learned that no, you don't have it all figured out. My dad didn't have it all figured out. I didn't ask him. I don't know the. I I I haven't called him and said, hey, did you have it all figured out? No. I just I knew the answer, no. right? Because I'm now in his shoes. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, why are you? Yeah. Why are you going to embarrass I, him I'm by making him say no? Like, I failed yo. my whole way through. You know, no, I'm you're not going to do out. that. My dad would do this thing where we would get in trouble. We would do something, get in trouble, mm-hmm. consequences, whatever the case might be. And then afterwards, he would come in and he'd be like, hey, you know, I love you guys so much. And I just want you to guys know that I love you. Um, And, you know, you don't punish there's consequences to what you do and you don't get you know i don't enjoy punishing you guys i want to see you thrive i want to see you happy you know i don't enjoy you seeing you enjoy you seeing me in a light in which is all dad's here is for for you know to give out discipline and so i never understood it, how all the time he would just be like he would always be like hey man I, hey Kwani, i love you and he'd give me a hug and i'd be like okay man whatever you know what i'm saying i just I just got in trouble and now you're telling me you love me. I'm confused right now. I don't know how to feel. <laughs> um, yeah. You know what I mean? And I find myself doing it to my daughter. Yeah. Because now. that wasn't for you. And that was for him. She doesn't, she's, she doesn't, she doesn't yeah. know that. She doesn't, you know what I mean? And, and I do, I love her with every, I love her with every fiber of my being. And, and I want to be better. I want to be the best. You know what I mean? I want to be mm-hmm. the best dad that that I can be, and I like I said I, I said this in the first first show. I learned so much yeah. from my dad, uh, and some things I take with me to this day, like how my dad hugs me all the time, and every time he hugs me, he sque- he has an extra squeeze in there. Um, so I do that I do that to my daughter, and you know because it just it's just reaffirming mm-hmm. what I said through my actions. Um, and there's some things that I, I took from my dad that was like, I don't I don't want to continue that practice. I'm gonna yeah. do something else. I'm gonna go I'm gonna do it this way. Um and you know, like I said, she's she's four going on five mm-hmm. and then I got a five month old. But I know when I get when I get most of it figured out, right, on how to be a dad, I'm not gonna be some grand grand wizard of being a dad, but when I get most of it figured out, um, on how to be a dad, I'm I'm gonna be a grandpa, right? <laughs> I don't. But that's the thing. I don't want to. I don't want to be a grandpa by the time I figure it out. I want to. I want to know and be yep. as much as that's know how it works. Now, so <laughs> give them the best now. So I, I, I mean, I just like I say, like being mediocre is a choice, and I'll I'll keep saying it. I'll keep saying. It, I'll keep saying it. Being mediocre, being mediocre is a choice. Uh, put your best foot forward. You're not perfect. Uh, and your kids, I, nine times out of ten, will forgive you um, because they'll forget. Especially when they're young, they'll forget. Uh, and but just be the best you can be. Be the best dad you can be. Be the best you dad you know how to be. Uh, I can't preach that enough to everybody um, because I'm still trying. Josh, you're still trying, and you're doing mm-hmm. a great job at it. 
um, and you have teenagers, so you know you're in a you're a little in a little different realm than I am. So <laughs> I have young ones. You have teenagers who are who um, probably can uh, can give some attitude back, um, but um, just a little bit, not too much. <laughs> um, Maybe just but, a little um, bit. I wanted to ask you, um, yeah, what what do you think? one of your greatest accomplishments have been as a dad? Um, it's complex again, complex question. Um, my greatest yeah. accomplishment is my awareness. That's what I'm here for. Yeah. It's, it's my awareness <laughs> and, um, understanding what is needed. I'm still learning how to react, but mm-hmm. understanding what is needed at the time and not making the situation worse by dealing with it in the habits in which I formed over time. Uh, the army taught me, you know, um, here's a problem. Here's your resources to, to fix said problem. Go fix the problem. Well, it's not the same way once you take the uniform off because there may be a problem, but there's no solution for the next 6, 12, 24, 36, 48 months. But it's the slow game. What are you doing mm-hmm. to reach that goal every day? What, like, is it? Yeah. What What is it? And, you know, focusing directly on, you know, parenting and parenting-isms, it could be something as simple as waking up, especially for teenagers, waking up unexpectedly, as they're about to go out to school, being a part of their morning just to tell them you love them and say, you've got it today. Being being a cheerleader. My, mm-hmm. To me, my greatest accomplishment is, is attempting, <laughs> I'm not going to say I do it every time, but being aware of what is needed of me. Identifying my role. What, what is my role? What is, what is dad right now because it's not the same there's 24 hours in a day you've i mean there's so many opportunities to be a different version of dad what what is that is it mending a broken heart from a from a boyfriend is that what it is Mm -hmm. and when i say mending i'm not saying i fix that broken heart i'm just being there is it present yeah yeah it's it that's that's something um that that goes overlooked a lot not saying mm. anything says a whole lot and being there does more than saying anything and i mm. I, I think that becoming aware of who i am and focusing in on who i am and what i bring to the table and and developing that awareness I think that that's my number one accomplishment so far. That's awesome. So I ask that's of you, awesome. what's what's yours? You're still new to this dad game. What's what's going on? Yeah. Um. The oh man. I would have to say, um, and it's it's it. I I, I guess I would have to say. Um, I come home from work 
Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know why I just play this. This always plays back in my head. But I come back from I come home from work. I had I I had a crappy day. Matter of fact, um, we'll get real life for you, real quick for you. Um, we only have a few. Uh, I know we only have a few minutes left here, but um, real life for you. I um I got in trouble uh, last year, as you know. Wait, um, before you go on, I want to tell you. This is what I'm most proud of you for. But go ahead. Oh, tell your story. Yeah. Tell your story. I enjoy um, it. I got to live it. <laughs> uh, so I I um I got in trouble last year and I'm not gonna get into what I got in trouble for mm-hmm. just yet. That's yeah, not yeah. for this for this episode. Um but I got in trouble last year and I there were consequences to what I did to my actions. Um and there was one day in particular where it all came it came with a full, it was a full frontal attack. It felt like I was getting hit by, um, but hit by everybody, everything and everybody, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I was coming home bruised up. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a Friday. I cut, I get home. It's, uh, eight o'clock at, and it was eight thirty. I get home at eight thirty on a Friday and, um, I'm upset. I'm in my head. I'm thinking what I'm a failure in the, on the army side. Right. Now, keep in mind, my daughter doesn't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. I walk in the door and thinking that everyone knows what a failure I am. I open the door. And my daughter's like, Dad, the most excited being in the world to see me. Mm-hmm. Everyone has. I was getting crapped on all day. And I walk in the door. and She's like, Dad. And she hugs me. She's like, I'm so happy to see you. And, and you know, and not in those grand words, but you know what I mean? Like it just, I, through her actions, she gave me a big hug. And then she was like, she's, she's stuttering and she's telling me, trying to tell me everything at once. Cause all of these things are coming into her mind and she wants to tell me everything of what her, what her day was. And, um, uh, my wife's like, Hey, sweetie, just relax. Dad just walked in. She's like, dad, let me show you this dad, you know? And she's like, I'm getting ready to bed, but I need, she goes, can you read me a book? You got to read me a book. Cause we read a book every night before we go to bed. And, and she goes, uh, and she's so excited. She's so happy because I just, because I, because I'm home. Mm. Right. And that to me is one of my greatest compliments. I, I had the worst day. I had the, I had the crappiest day. I'm telling you. And I, I know you know what I'm talking about. Oh yeah. I had the crappiest day. I come home and she, she made me forget about all of it for, for 10 minutes. I forgot I had the worst day of my life. Mm-hmm. And. I don't know if that's a dad moment. I don't know if that's a, just a, a moment, a kid being a kid, but that to me is, it, it sums up everything for me. All right. No matter how hard my day is, I will I refuse to come home anymore and try to bring everybody in the house down. Oh yeah. Because every time I walk in the door, I go to the gym for two hours. I come home and it's the same thing. Dad, dad, can you play, can you play Uno with me? Can you play, um, go fish with me? Can you, can you play, um, can you play Barbies with me? Can you take me to the park? It's, she's so excited. And I just, and I live for those moments because I'm her dad and she wants me to be a part of what she's doing in her life in those moments. Yeah. And it's weird. Cause I just, I never thought I would be that person for somebody. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And so, you know, there's, there's um, a beautiful that is, thing. That is truthfully one of my, my greatest accomplishments. 
there's a, there's a beautiful thing that's going to happen Go as ahead, she sorry. gets older, man. And I, and I know that you're going to have these moments because you're an incredible dad. And when when they start confiding in you like you're a friend, man, oh, man. that's a good one. That is a I can wait, good, but I can't wait. No, let me <laughs> wait as long as you can. Play with those Barbies because one day the Barbies are going to be in the attic. One day they're you know the baby dolls are going to go away. But mm. when when they come to you and they start talking to you like like you're one of their friends, and they're not expecting a friendship. Mm. That's not what's happening. They're not expecting a friendship, but what they're expecting is somebody that's been through some stuff that they can bounce their emotions and ideas off of. And you got to be there. You got, you've got to do it. You always have to have time. You can't say, no, give me, give me an hour or no, I don't have time to do that. No, you, it's, you sit down, you listen to what they have to say. I can't relate to the majority of the mm. things that these teenagers go through. I, I, I don't get it, but I don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't have to understand. The only thing that I have to do, I, and I don't even have to do it, but for me, in order to go to sleep, is to not ignore it and 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 to be there. Mm-hmm. And and I'll tell you, man, it's it's a great experience being able to to know that they're confident in me enough to come and say, "Let me let me unload this on you." <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't believe yeah. what happened today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy, crazy things. That's that's awesome. Well, hey, Josh, I do appreciate you joining us on, on today's show. Um, it was an awesome experience. It was an awesome conversation. Uh, and thank you for sharing because um, a lot of what you talked about is, is a deep and personal. And, you know, it's, it's hard to get that stuff out, um, you know, because – uh, as men, we tend to not to want to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And, uh, when we are amazing things happen, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, but uh, again, thank you. I just, I, I did words cannot describe. Just thank you for sharing everything that you shared. And again, uh, I'm sorry that you've had some of those, ex- those experiences in your life. Um, uh, and you know, and I don't wish those upon anybody. You know what I mean? But um, uh, you were able to to get through them in a way, not not forget, but get through them to to be the man you are standing here today or in this case sitting and um, and tell us about it. And we're happy you're here um, to that man uh, who was looking down at you, telling you to um, to stay alive. Uh, we I personally thank that man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know who that is. Um that was, um, but I thank that man from the, the deepest pits of my heart. Um, because people like you, we need people like you and you are someone's dad. You are someone's father. We just got done talking and, um, they need you. So, um, keep it going again. Thank you. Um, I don't know you, I, you are thinking about doing your own thing. I don't want to put you on blast here, but. You are thinking about doing your own thing. I don't know if you have anything you want to put out there, or is it just follow you on Instagram and uh, uh, Facebook? No, so it, it's good. It's coming soon. Uh, we're going to work through it. Uh, hopefully, there's 
this isn't the end of mediocre dads and, and me being a part of it. We'll see what happens in the future. Um, mm-hmm. I, I definitely want to, to go, I, I want to take my journey and, uh, and definitely, uh, give it out because I think that, uh, uh, if I don't practice it, if I don't get the information out there, then it's just going to die with, you know, with me. And there's no reason that uh, somebody can't find some sort of um, sanctuary within understanding that if I made it through it, they can too. And understanding that there is hope on the other side, um, that uh, just because you go through some, some terrible things in your life, it doesn't mean that you give up. Um, there's definitely... Uh, greener pastures out there uh some may find them in different ways than what i did and um you know it's like the story of 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 the old man he was a farmer and you know the story's been told a million times but um his his horse ran away and it got out of the got out of the stable and the people in the town they came up and they're like man this is a horrible thing i don't know what you're going to do that you know your horse was your livelihood it helped you know you know plow the fields and and do all these things and the old man he goes i don't know then the next day the the horse comes back and he brings five horses with him and you know it fills up the pasture and he's got more than what he knows what to do with and it brings him affluence within the village because he's able to you know to to spread these these horses out and then uh you know, a few days later, uh, he's he's working with some of the horses, and his son is out there helping him. And his son falls off of the horse, or gets thrown off the horse, and it injures him and cripples him, and doesn't give him the ability to walk anymore. And the villagers come around, and you know they're bringing you know different tidings of you know whatever it may be, and you know, food, and you know helping out as much as they can, and you know they're standing and talking the farmer standing with uh with some of his friends are like man this is a horrible thing farmer goes i don't know maybe it is maybe it's not no idea and then the military comes around a couple months later the sun's still laid up and uh he's uh paralyzed from the waist down and doesn't have the ability to get out and move and the military is taking anybody that is of age and uh able and willing to fight or not willing but anyone who's able and uh they don't take his son and he didn't know that this injury that stemmed from him losing his horse was going to save his son's life from having to go to war Mm -hmm. so if you're if you're struggling and you're not sure if you have the next right answer to being a parent or being a human being for that matter if you don't think that you've got the right answer just wait because you don't know if this bad thing that happened to you was all that bad. Um, it may teach you a lifelong lesson and it may instill some, you know, long-term memory that's going to give you the ability to communicate something effectively with someone. And hopefully one day I'll find a way to effectively communicate and, uh, and share my journey appropriately. But the intent is to, uh, is to move forward with podcasting and uh, get my message out there. Uh, let people know that, you know, the things that I've been through and things that work for me, the things that didn't work. And uh, hopefully we have the ability to uh, to reconvene in the near future and, and do this mediocre dad thing again. Absolutely, man. Well, I look forward to it again. Thank you for joining us. And, uh... <laughs>